Hello, my friends. Welcome to Connect with Confidence. And I'm really excited today to be connecting you with my friend Lindsay Adams from Queensland, who I connected with a few years ago. I think it might have been in Singapore. Welcome, Lindsay. Thank you, Kerry. And I'm absolutely delighted to be your guest today. Well, I'm delighted to have a chat with you anytime. We've had some great conversations, you know, from Singapore to actually, have we... Have we met in Australia? I don't think so. No, not, not, not in real life. But, you know, we'll, we'll fix that problem one day. I just had this conversation with Warwick Mary in Melbourne because I met him in Singapore a couple of years before I met you. And, uh, you know, for our national speaker friends, you will know both of these guys. Um, so we have had lots of conversations on the phone, walking on the riverbank and enjoying nature together, you in Queensland and me down here. Uh, Lindsay, there's so many things that we can talk about, and I know that our listeners will really appreciate your insights into relationships and uh, networking and business. You've done so much of that. And uh, yeah, so I'd love to hear a bit of your story. But also, let's start with your name here is Lindsay Adams, OAM. Do you want to tell us about that amazing recognition <laughs> and what led to that? Okay, so uh, I was... Um... I was given a medal in the Order of Australia in the Australia Day Awards last year, 2020, and uh, the most uh, amazing occurrence of my life to date, uh, and that was for my service to the speaking professional speaking industry in Australia and internationally. And I've been involved, uh, it's over 20 years now. Uh, I joined what was then known as the National Speakers Association of Australia. It's now Professional Speakers Australia. I joined in 1998. And I, at the time, I was working in the Brisbane City Council as a human resources consultant. And uh, at the meetings, people would say, so, Lindsay, what do you speak on? And I'd sort of take a sideways glance and I'd look back and I'd say, actually, I'm just a public servant. I want to be a speaker one day. Yeah. And uh, I, I made the transition in the year 2000 out of the public sector into my own business and uh, <clears throat> learned bucket loads from my membership of that organisation and have a lot to be grateful for from what I've learned and the friendships I've made and the, the connections I've made around the world. And I, I went on, became chapter president, then national president, then international president. And um, some gracious soul nominated me for this award. And in September last year, of course, it's all very, it's funny how it all works out, but I got this email from the Governor-General's office saying, you've been nominated for this award, uh, will you accept the nomination? And my stomach did backflips. I'm thinking, what? And I went out to my wife, Debbie, and I said, Dale, do you, do you know anything about this? And she's went, oh, yeah, been meaning <laughs> to mention that to you. <laughs> because she'd been working quietly behind the scenes for two years prior going through the nomination process with the nominator. Uh, anyway, and the, the culmination was the recognition. And because of COVID, they didn't have a, uh, a big event like they normally do. But the beauty for me was I had an individual ceremony with the governor of Queensland. I had 15 minutes with, with my family and the governor and his wife where he pinned the medal on me and we had a lovely conversation. And it was just you know, a real bonus event. If, if there was anything, a bonus that came out of COVID, that was one of them for me personally. Uh, and, you know, it was uh, just an amazing moment in my life. It really was. Yeah, that's that's incredibly special. And um, so you found out who the nominator was, I guess. Yes, I did. And it's really interesting. Uh, he would rather that I didn't say his name in public. He um, He's a very unassuming guy, lovely friend, 
and um, I was I was blessed. I was able to take him with me to the ceremony. So oh, he, lovely. Yeah, it was um, it was just a wonderful. It couldn't have worked out better. I had my wife, my two kids, and and this dear friend, uh, a business friend. You know, and, and it's strange how how friendships unfold over time. Uh, yeah. We've known each other again, you know, twenty years, and uh, yeah. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's so beautiful. And when you mentioned, you know, the, the length of your friendship, it just kind of reminded me. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about connecting with people you know, post-COVID lockdown. A lot of people are coming out of, um, you know, a more lockdown situation and finding themselves hesitant to, to connect. Like, what are the, the new rules of engagement? And another thing that I've noticed with, um, you know, conversations in this, in this past year or so is that in lockdown, a lot of people connected with friends from a long time ago. So the whole idea of connection has brought up a whole lot of new conversations. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on what have you been observing about, you know, creating new connections or rekindling old uh, friendships. What's been your experience over the past year? Interesting one. I, um, for most of the, for the last six, nine months, coming up for 12 months, most of my connections with people has been like this online. Yeah. Uh, and recently, I started going to networking events, face-to-face events. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a great believer and supporter of my local chamber of commerce. And so I went along to a chamber meeting a couple of weeks ago. And it was really interesting watching the interactions, uh, looking at who shook hands, who hugged, and who stood back with their arms firmly planted by their sides, not wanting human contact. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I noticed was that people were struggling a little with the small talk thing. Hmm. You know, um, I've written a book called The DNA of Business Relationships. And in the book, I talk about, you know, what do you do? What do you say after hello? Um, because a lot of people struggle with that. But I've noticed now people are out of practice. And so, you know, we're very good at, you know, once upon a time we would shake hands, say, hello, my name is, what do you do? Um, you know, that's the easy bit. And from the next step from there, it gets harder. Mm. And people really struggle with that conversation thing. Um, and, and that's what I noticed, particularly at the, at the chamber meeting. There, there was a lot of stumbling. Uh, yeah. you know, and like rekindling, I, I haven't um, been to a face-to-face chamber meeting for, gee whiz, it's, I reckon, 10 months. Yeah. And so there was a lot of, oh, hi. And then there was a lot of, hello, I've not met you before. Yeah. Uh, and so our membership has changed and, and, you know, there's new people come and old people disappeared. And, uh, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I think people are a bit rusty uh, on, on the interaction thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think a lot of people will be relating to that. So what recommendations do you have for those people that are, you know, being invited to events? Uh, you know, I've just told you before the call that I'm double booked this week. <laughs> <laughs> my online event with you and uh, and a local event and uh, so people are starting to get invitations and go okay I think I'd like to go to this but I feel a bit yeah I feel a bit awkward or hesitant yeah I think um you know one of the things is to be prepared when you go to an, an event you've got to think about a lot of people just turn up yeah. they don't have a plan and, uh, you know, really, if you're going to go to an event, you, you should really have a, a couple of simple goals in mind. Um, you know, how many people do you want to talk to? 
or is there someone specifically you want to talk to? I want to talk to Kerry Phipps when I go to this meeting. Oh, I want thanks. to talk with her and uh, organise a, a coffee. Haven't seen her for ages. Yeah. Um, or, or whatever. Um, but you, you've got to have a goal. And, you know, normally I say to people, have a goal to speak to three people that you've and have a meaningful conversation yeah. with three people you've never engaged with before. Yeah. So if you've got nothing else that you want to do for the meeting, go and connect with three people you've never met before and have a meaningful conversation. Well, what's that mean? Well, it's not just, hello, hello, my name is Lindsay. Um, have you got a business card? Great. Thank you. <laughs> Later. It's, you know, like engage with them. And, and the thing that people struggle with is this engaging with them. And it's really, it's really simple, Kerry. It's um, find some common ground, find something you've got in common with them and talk about that. Mm -hmm. Ask open-ended questions. And so, uh, you know, a very typical conversational question I've been asked a lot is, how are you? Mm. What's your answer going to be? Fine, thanks. <laughs> You know, typically Australian, people say, g'day, how are you? They don't care how you are. <laughs> All they're expecting is good thanks in return. And so they're the questions that you don't want to ask. What you do want to say is, oh, that's an interesting top you've got on, Kerry. It's a wonderful pattern. Where did you buy that? That looks, you know, you travel a lot. Did you get that overseas? Um, and so you know, try and find out what you've got in common. Now, if you've never met them before, you can start off with the simple ones. Gee, the traffic was interesting this morning, wasn't it? Um, uh, how, um, how, what brings you to this meeting? How, how were you introduced to the chamber? And so then that gives them an opportunity to say, well, uh, you know, Bob Smith uh, recommended I come. Uh, you know, that's Bob over there. Um, do you know, Bob, you know, there's, you can go all sorts of places with that when you ask those open-ended questions. Absolutely. And here's the other really clever one is engage the 80-20 rule. So get them talking 80% of the time and you talk 20% of the time. So mm. get them talking about themselves. People are really comfortable talking about themselves. Now, there's some things to avoid leave religion, sex and politics out of the room. You know, if, if you hate Donald Trump, good for you. Best not to go there because they may be a Donald Trump supporter. You know, bad example, but you know where I'm going. <laughs> and, and even like in Australia, uh, you know, steer clear of mentioning politics because I learned this lesson at the age of 19. I was in my first job uh, in the tea room and I had a discussion with another young man my age he voted for one political party. I voted for the other. We had a discussion which ended in a shouting match. Wow. Um, at the end of lunch, I went to my desk. The wise old owl who sat behind me tapped me on the shoulder and said, come with me, young fella. And we <laughs> outside into the, the fire, you know, the stairwell. And he said, I heard your discussion over lunch. I said, oh, did you? He said, yes. It wasn't that hard. You were shouting. And <laughs> And, and he said, whilst I support and agree with your political views, you are never going to convince anyone else uh, who has an opposing view to convert in a very in, over the space of lunch. And he said, really, you're better off not discussing it. And I went, okay, got it. And to this day, I will never discuss politics. I'll nod my head, I'll smile, but I won't engage. And I'll change the topic or whatever if they're engaging with me um, you know, I'll try and change the topic onto something else. <laughs> yeah. 
And so, you know, get the other person talking about themselves, get them talking. So here's the thing. If I get you talking about yourself, at the end of our conversation, you'll leave and you go, gee, that Lindsay's a nice guy. And why is that? Because all I did was get you talking about you. And so people uh, are comfortable talking about themselves and it's easy for them. So, you know, um, you can ask them things, you know, you establish, what do you do? How did you get into that field? Wow, that's interesting. Uh, there must be some challenges uh, with that. Um, so you, you live in Dubbo, but you travel internationally. Wow. Uh, there must be some logistics with getting planes out of Dubbo to get to Singapore or wherever, yeah. India or wherever you go. Um, you know what I mean? So ask them questions that get them talking about stuff which they're comfortable with. And, and if, if you can, steer it towards something that you have in common. Um, I mean, you and I could talk planes and airports and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, bad meals that we've had in foreign destinations till the cows come home. And so get them talking about something that you have in common. Really simple. Yep. Yes. And nature and all the fabulous meals that we've had places. And, Indeed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. When uh, when people get to talk about stuff that they are interested in, stuff that they love, then, yeah, there's no stopping them. Um, so what was that first job, Lindsay? My first job? Oh, yeah. I worked for a customs agency in Brisbane. Ah, interesting. I used to walk to the customs house every day to pay the duty to clear the goods off the wharf. Ah, nice. That's where I learned about the public sector. And uh, I left that job and joined the Australian Taxation Office because when I, what I noticed was these guys in the customs department, as it was known then, they, they worked uh, a nine-day fortnight. They had uh, flex time. They could start when they liked, finish when they liked. They could have a two-hour lunch if they liked. I'm thinking at the age of 19, this was heaven on a stick for me. <laughs> so I, I, I sat the, pub, the, the entrance exam for the public sector and got a job in the tax office and I spent... 18 years uh, working in the Australian Taxation Office before I left in the year 2000. So, wow. And yeah. so then going into business, I'm just thinking about you going into some of those early chamber meetings or maybe the, the Speakers Association meetings. Uh, can you think of people who connected with you that really put you at ease, that you would uh, share some of their networking tips or what you picked up from them? Absolutely. Uh, when I joined National Speakers, there was a guy uh, in my local chapter who, who, was, who became my mentor, and today he's my mate. And he, he basically put his arm around me and said, Lindsay, how can I help? And when I decided to go full time, he said, right, you and your wife, Debbie, come to our house and uh, uh, we'll sit down with my wife and we'll answer any question that you have. And we did. And he said, one thing, don't come unprepared. And so I, I went prepared with my list of questions and, mm. uh, and he would um, print that for Lindsay, print that, oh, yeah, get here, you'll need this. And he was just uh, a wealth of information for me. And I, I reflected on that meeting and I've done a lot of that since. And I think one of the reasons I was recognised, you know, for the OAM was because of my service and, and how I have helped emerging speakers because I simply did what that guy did for me, which I think a lot of people in business forget where they started from and they forget that giving uh, is one of the best things that you can ever do for your business. You know, I've, I've served uh, and served and served 
and I have been rewarded and rewarded for that service in the strangest ways. And it it's not a straight transaction. You serve here, but you get back from over there. You know yes. that old one, the universe provides. Mm. It's so that's the really scary, amazing, interesting fact. And and for anyone who's listening, if, if you know you want to grow your business, go and find your industry body and serve them, and your business will be rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that with having an attitude of service is that the nerves disappear. Like if you go into a meeting and I I like that you talked about going with a plan, having a goal to talk to a certain number of people or, uh, you know, I've also seen people like really fixed on their plan. They're on a mission and then they're not engaging very well. But um, coupling that with that attitude of service, you, um, which, which you, might never think about now because that's just you. That's how you show up. But uh, I think it is really good to to drill down on this a bit. Uh, you know that we go in order to serve. Like, who can I make feel welcome? Um, you know, if we remember what it's like to be the new person. And I love that you highlighted. Um, you know that he said, "Come prepared," because often we want to help people, but we're not sure how, and they're not sure how you can help. But they just know there's this connection. Uh, so you really do someone a, a great service by saying, yeah, I'm happy to, to give you some time. How can we make the most of the time together? One of the other things, Kerry, that I think is really useful to think about when you're at a function is to act like a host, not yes. a visitor. Yes. And so I've, I've been standing, you know, you, you stand with a couple of people and, and a couple of basic rules, never close off a circle because what that means is no one else is allowed to join because if a stranger or a, or a lone person enters a room, they're going to look around and who will I speak with? And let's say there's three or four of you and you're all tight together facing each other, they won't join. So I always try and angle my body to open up the circle so that yes. it welcomes someone to come in. Yes. The other thing is if I see someone that I've not met, I'll say, oh, read their name badge. Hi, Kerry. I'm Lindsay. Come join us. Do you know Bob? Do you know... And I'm introducing these people and I've only met them moments ago. I'm just reading their name tags, but I'm acting like I'm the host. And then people look at you and think, wow, this guy knows everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no. In fact, I was introduced at a function uh, last year. Uh, This is Lindsay Adams. He knows everyone in Brisbane. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed. I said, it's very generous, but it's simply because I've just practiced this little game of acting like the host. Yeah. And so, you know, people instinctively think that you are, you are known to everyone. Yes. And the host appreciates it too, because they can't be everywhere and introduce everybody. But I know I love it when I'm running an event and there's other people making people feel welcome. It's, you know, uh, the other thing that I, uh, that I talked about in my book um, is never go networking alone. Yeah. And I, you know, always take a wing buddy. And uh, I've used this technique over and over and it works so well. So you go together, uh, but you've got to share your plan before you go. I want to meet Kerry. I want to. Now, um, I wanted to speak at a certain event and I had attended this breakfast regularly. So I went with a wing buddy and I had another person clued up and I didn't want to go to the event organizer and say, could I speak? (laughs) So I had my two wing buddies lined up to say to this woman, oh, um, I see Lindsay Adams is here. You know, he's a really great speaker. Have you thought of having him speak at the breakfast? 
And so my, my wing buddies did this for me. And then I went to the person and said, oh, hi, you know, and we knew each other. Uh, and I said, haven't seen you in ages. How have you been? And she said, you know, Lindsay, you're on my mind at the minute. There's, there's a couple of people uh, who were saying that I had, should, should come and have you speak. I'd never, I hadn't really thought of that. Why don't we, um, I said, oh, well, we can make that happen. And <laughs> so I got my invitation. But see, that was, I had a plan and I had my wing buddies who were out there working for me. And so your wing buddy is someone who can say things about you that you could never say about yourself. Yeah. So I'll get, let me give you a, for example. So let's pretend you and I are wing buddies and uh, we're talking with some other people. And I go, Oh, this is um, Kerry Phipps. She's uh, an accomplished author, uh, speaker and consultant. In fact, she's famous and well-known internationally. And she is one of Australia's leading experts. Can you see where I'm going here? I can say stuff about you that you if you said it yourself the people in the group would think oh yeah this woman's a bit up herself isn't she <laughs> and so i can i can exaggerate on your behalf now you know you've got to be sensible about sensible about this but if i um if i lead and say i'm an accomplished author and i'm, I'm one of australia's best known whatever's people go oh, yeah yeah but but if if you say that about me, it's a totally different. And then of course I can go, oh, oh Kerry, you know, you're, you're being <laughs> a little. Yeah, I'm blushing. Come on, <laughs> tone it down a bit. Come on. Um, and so, but it's a great way to open up a conversation. Now, I got myself. Uh, I was working, uh, teaching people about how to build relationships and how to leverage those relationships to get business. And through my Chamber of Commerce, I did a presentation there. And there were a couple of Suncorp branch managers in the room. And they really loved what I shared. And one of them came to me and said, you know, our branch manager, our regional manager should really hear your message. And I said, well, let's, let's make that happen. And so we went to a function where this person was present. And this woman went to me and said, um, this is Lindsay Adams. Um, he's known as the relationships guy. He's amazing on um, building connections and creating networks. Um, I think he would, great, he would be great, uh, has a great message which we could share with our team. And so the regional manager went, oh, wow. Well, that sounds really good. Um, we should talk about that sometime. And I said, oh, I'd love to. Can we, uh, can we have a coffee next week? And I got out my phone and I booked a time right with him there and then. Yeah. And that introduction and that wing buddy methodology got me $20,000 worth of business. Wow. So, you know, it does work. Yeah. And you know what? It's so much easier to talk up somebody else, um, you know, to share somebody else's uh, experience. I mean, I've got so many amazing people in my world that it's very easy for me to say, um, Oh, hey, do you know this person? And like, I love recommending people. So if you're going to gossip about people, let it be the, all the great things that they do. Um, you know, the other thing that I, um, when I'm networking, particularly if I'm with my wing buddy, I'm, when I talk to people, I'm thinking there's a couple of things that are going on in, my back, in, in the back of my head. Could I do business with this person? Yes or no. If it's a no, could my wing buddy or someone uh, in my key four, do business with this person. I'll explain key four in a minute. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, I'm sizing them up 
um, you know, I'm having a conversation and I'm, I genuinely want to get to know people, but I'm also trying to figure out, could we do business together? Because after all, that's why you're there. It's a networking event. It's a business event. Now, when you meet someone for the first time, that is never the time to sell them anything. Yeah. It's always about relationship first and business later. And so um, I've got a key four. Now, let me explain that concept. So look at, you know, for you, your listeners, look at your hand. Your thumb is you and the four fingers are your key four. And they are four buddies who share your target market but don't compete with you. And so, you know, I speak on building relationships and creating networks and referral relationships. Um, and so I've got four other buddies who don't speak on that topic. Um, one does sales, one does teams, one does leadership, one does um, uh, creativity. They all, we could all share the same customer or client and we don't compete. Yeah. And so when I'm out there, I'm, I'm listening for opportunities for me and or them. Yeah. And, and it's a great way to generate business by referral. And, and it, it amplifies my, uh, my ability to get business in the marketplace because it's not just me out there. It's me and four others. Yeah, it also helps that you're not attached to yourself or to your own sales yeah. because there's it, there's an, a listening for possibilities. And, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's far more strategic than me. I'm probably just more open to, like, what's possible? Who might come to mind as we're connecting? Yeah. Um, but, Lindsay, as you shared that, that story about the Suncorp managers, you reminded me of a great talking to strangers moment and I want to ask you to think about um, when you've met somebody unexpectedly and something great has happened so the Suncorp um, economist actually that I met at Dubbo airport I was walking out of the airport and uh, and I saw this woman looking a little bit lost and she had luggage with her and I said um, there were no taxis there I said oh do you need a lift to town and she was like, oh, well, no, it's okay. I'm just looking for, like, they've got a hire car for me here. So, uh, so I walked with her to find the hire car and, and off she went. Then that night at an event with an, an Olympic gold medalist, she was introducing them because Suncorp was hosting it or sponsoring it. And then she sees me in the second row and she says, you know what? The most amazing thing happened this afternoon. <laughs> when I arrived in Dubbo and this woman here invited me, you know, to come into town with her. And she was like, Oh my gosh, only in the country. And uh, it was just really lovely. She introduced me to the whole room. It's like when you connect with a stranger, you might just offer, you know, back to service. How can I help? Yeah. Uh, we don't know where those conversations are going to go. We don't know. I think we make an assumption with strangers like, Oh, well, I'll never see this person again. Uh, but sometimes we do. <laughs> So I'm just thinking, Lindsay, in all of your travels, I'm sure you've met some interesting people. So um, who yeah. comes to mind? Tell it's us a story. Funny. It's funny you raise that because, again, sorry to harp on this, but in my book I talked about I talk about um, having a small act of service. So if you've yeah. met someone, you might follow up with a small act of service. So you might um, send a handwritten note. How many handwritten notes have you received lately, yeah. Kerry? Um, a handwritten uh, note. Not too many, but yeah, uh, I posted two uh, the other day. Wonderful. Hi, Kerry. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, lovely to meet you. Um, would love to, um, you know, connect further. Um, so that's a, a small act of service. Or mm -hmm. it might be, um, oh, hi, Kerry, here's a copy of my book. Uh, we spoke about it. Here's a copy. Um, you know, please enjoy my gift. Or you can do it the other way. Uh, I was at a conference in America 
and you know t- conference lunchtime you line up at the buffet i got to the head of the queue and there's a big pile of plates now this is pre-covid when you could touch someone else's plate um, <laughs> so i picked up my plate and i picked up a second plate and i turned around to the person behind me and i looked at his name tag bob uh g'day bob here's a plate for you and this bob was like what <laughs> and he was really quite surprised and shocked that somebody would do that it's a small act of service i simply gave him a plate so we went down the food line you know putting food on our plates then we sat together and we had the most wonderful conversation bob has become my second best friend Um, i have an open invitation to stay in his house now when i go to america uh, all because i gave the guy a plate at lunchtime yeah Another example, uh, I was at a hotel in, at the Holiday Inn in Singapore. Now, there's several Holiday Inns. I forget yep. which one, but a Holiday Inn in Singapore. I'm there early. I'm set up. I'm ready for a two-day training program. I love to get there early. You know, I'm sure you do. And my room's all, all done, and I'm waiting. And I'm standing at the front of my room, and this African-American woman comes through the door, and she's got bags and boxes, and she looks a bit flustered. And I said, hello, you, you look a little bit lost. Can I help you? oh, I'm looking for the so-and-so room. I said, I know exactly where that is. Here, let me take that box. And I took this box and I walked with her to the room beside mine and, uh, you know, got her settled in. And at the morning break, coffee, we waved to each other. And uh, on the second day, I went to her at morning tea and I said, "Um, hello, we haven't really introduced. Uh, My name's Lindsay Adams. And she looked at me and said, not the Lindsay Adams. (laughs) And I went... Um, maybe <laughs> you, you'll know the name when I say it. The, the woman's name is Pamela Wigglesworth. I wondered if it was Pamela. Who was a speaker from Singapore. And yeah. at the time I was the international president. And so, of course, my name was well known internationally. So hence the, the Lindsay Adams. <laughs> yeah. That has started a lifelong friendship. Uh, you know, we, we sort of connected and then we met and we've done all sorts of interesting things together since. Uh, and in fact, I, I was just uh, conversing with her this morning. I've got a, a, a meeting with her later this week. Um, but, you know, that has turned into a wonderful, another wonderful friendship and, yeah. you know, business colleague support, you know, friend, mentor, you know, colleague, you know where I'm going. Yeah. It's um, yeah. just been that small act of service. Think about that for your yeah. listeners, a small act of service. What can you do? that would just make someone's day a little different and what might happen as a result of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you shared that. Pamela was one of the first speakers that I connected with in Singapore when I went to the 2015 Asia professional speakers convention. And she said, Oh, after convention, I'm going to Bintan for a few days to digest all the information and, you know, do some planning. And would you like to come? oh, my gosh, I've never wanted to change my flight so much. <laughs> I'm like, that's a brilliant idea, and I've never heard of Bintan. And uh, it's, um, yeah, lovely memory. And, uh, yeah, she's one of the most gorgeous souls that I've connected with in the, in the past five, six years. Yeah, thank you for sharing that, Lindsay. So I love that you've mentioned um, your book, The DNA of Business Relationships, a few times. Um, so I'm just thinking, is there anything else in the pipeline that you'd like us to know about? Are you still writing? Well, it's interesting. I do a lot of work with profiling tools and uh, uh, I use the DISC model. The DISC model is a behavioural model. There are four quadrants, Mm -hmm. D-I-S-C. And I am currently writing a book called uh, 
why do I hate my team when I hired them? <laughs> and have uh, people said that to you, Lindsay? Controversial title, yeah, and and that's they absolutely have. And the book is um, it starts off as a fable, and uh, it's the story of. Uh, we'll call him uh, the person, the hero, who's, who flies to Singapore, connects with a, a client who's got a big problem with their team, and uh, the hero helps them solve their problem using the DISC model. Mm-hmm. And the second part of the book is um, a, a lot more detail about DISC and how it works and how you can use it in business and in life. And uh, so I'm, I'm very close to completion on that and, and hoping to launch uh, very soon. In fact, uh, I really need to put a peg in the ground and decide on a launch day. But, sure. um, but one of the things that will come from that, there will be a questionnaire where, uh, and it'll be free, um, where you can go and, you know, fill in 12, 13 questions and figure out someone else's behavioural type. So here's the thing. We're all different. We, some of us are very similar and some of us are very different. Mm. And, you know, your listeners have probably had this situation where they get on so well with somebody in the office and then there's someone in the office who, you know, if they spontaneously caught fire, might not be a bad day. You know, they just don't get on. <laughs> and, um, and so th- there's reasons for that. And it's probably because their behavioural styles are at polar opposites. And so they're very different. And the reason you get on with so well with that other person is because you're very similar. And so you, you get on easy because you're alike. Um, and so... Uh, this simple questionnaire that I'm devising uh, will help you identify the other person's style and then I'll give you a little report uh, which will help you understand and, and you can adapt your behaviour a bit to be like them a little so you can get on better. So um, that's, yeah, project in the pipeline at the minute. Cool. And it sounds like it's not too far off. So uh, that's fantastic. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, anything that helps us understand ourselves and others better. And, and I think just... For many people, it can be quite an epiphany to realise that, you know, no two brains are alike, that you see the world differently to other people. And I think because some people we feel like we're just like them, that uh, we make assumptions that other people should be as well. But really, <laughs> we're all so yeah. different, see the world differently and, and work differently. So um, thank you for helping people with that. And thank you so much for all the stories that you've shared and the, the tips that you've shared with us today. I think, um, you know, it's an exciting time for, for many people to be starting to step out more and get back into face-to-face kind of society, um, depending on where you are in the where you are in the world uh, right now. But uh, we have so many possibilities ahead of us and just a world of amazing people to connect with so absolutely and you know as someone famous once said never be afraid to talk to strangers <laughs> yeah that sounds like good advice um just back to you said before about writing handwritten notes and uh, i am super excited about a an upcoming podcast where we're going to talk more about uh, handwritten letters so that's really exciting too but uh, just loving all the conversations that I've had this year so um, my dear listeners feel free to go back and check out some of the other recent conversations and uh, and our 2020 episodes as well were pretty cool Warwick Merry that we mentioned earlier and uh, Donna Hansen also from uh, Professional Speakers Australia and uh, and friends from all over the world have been coming and having a chat on Connect with Confidence So thank you for listening. Lindsay, thank you for sharing and uh, have a fantastic week, month and uh, 2021. I look forward to, um, to seeing that new book out soon.